began to emerge from the suit, like a grub from a chrysalis. He folded the discarded white husk and set the helmet on top. A low, soft hum came from the beehive. The boy stood in the underwater light of the clearing, beyond the shimmering garden. Mart May opened his mouth to ask his name, but the boy slipped through the hair crack between the forming of the words and their speaking and was gone absorbed into the sunlight, leaving the bee-man heavy among the shadows. The hot weather settled in. The garden was drenched with butterflies and the petals floating off the last of the roses. Behind the garden, the house remained half-shuttered the whole of each day. When Mart May was sent for to smoke out a wasp's nest in the attics, he made his way through the ocean depths of corridor, but the attic was hot as a boiler room and baking in the sun. Long dead spiders were caught, transparent in dirty webs. What are you doing? The boy watched him emerging silently as if through the wall. Smoking out the jaspers. For the first time he laughed. Jaspers? Wasps to you then, and if bees won't go for you, these will. You steer clear. I'm not afraid. Well, I am afraid for my job if I let them pepper you. Mark May waited for the boy to move to the farthest end of the baking attic before pumping out the smoke. Like a white moth, the boy pressed himself against the wall and watched. Now we scram, Mark May said after a moment. They stood on the landing outside, letting their eyes adjust to the dimness. I thought you were the bee-man. So I am, and a lot else besides. Wasp-man? Window-cleaner, guttering-cleaner, rabbit-popper, boiler-stoker, pigeon-shooter, rat-catcher, molehill-flattener, leaf-sweeper, and a few I've forgotten for now. My mother is dead, so I came here. The dust surrounding them on the landing stopped seething, like the stopping of a clock. What's your name? Mart May. He was gone again, quicksilver down the steep dark stairs. Mart stood, hearing the faint, far-off closing of a door, and then the silence again, like felt in his ears. After that, they met several times a week, the boy materialising wherever Mart May happened to be working, so that it seemed he had been waiting, following. The name, he said, was James Burnett, but he was never anything to Mart but the boy. My father is working in a dangerous country. I'm not allowed to go. Well, you're safe enough here if you steer clear of Jaspers and don't fall in the pond. I can't swim. All the same. If I drowned, would you lose your job? Very like. Likely. His voice was clear as a flute and prim as a girl's. What, you being my schoolmarm now? You'd have a job on. Mart May was scraping the last of the honey from the combs. The boy is always watching, watching. Close up, even his eyelashes were pale, feathers above cloud-grey eyes. You like this? He held out the comb. Make your hair curl. That's bread crusts. My father won't come home for at least a year. He won't know you, then. The cloud eyes flickered with alarm. 
All that bread crust and honey'll have made your hair gone curlified. Curlified? That's it. How do you spell curlified? Mart May rested the cleaned comb on the tray. In the lance of sunlight falling between the leaves, the gnats danced. Her ladyship would be your grandmother, then, he said at last. No, my aunt. Don't you know? I do know. You've told me. Not that. Don't you know how to spell curlified? No, Mart May said, walking away. I don't. When he glanced round, the boy had gone. He did not appear again for three days. The weather turned warm and sultry. There was no air, no stirring of the leaves. The bees teemed inside the hives, restless, pent up, sullen. Once or twice, Mart May.